Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of FanRag Sports Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, joined by Polly Quistel. No Elliot today, he's uh, doing some more traveling out in Asia. I don't, I think he's on his way to Japan this morning, so um, no Elliot. But me and Polly will recap some of the games from the final match day in the Premier League and then we'll take a look at some headlines before we head into our Europa League final preview. And I know Polly might not be super confident going into the game on Wednesday in Stockholm, but we'll get to that in a little bit. First and foremost, Polly, how are things in New York City? They're rainy. Rainy, okay. That's too bad. Yep. Kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cincinnati, uh, we got some sunshine today, so I'm happy. Uh, but we'll get... It's a lot of storms here. A lot of storms. Weather was gorgeous last week, and then it got cold again. It's going to heat up a bit. Um, it'll heat up a bit towards the end of the week. But yeah, right now, it's we're back to, we're back to the rain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the season is over. We saw some um, interesting results, to say the least, here on the final day. As uh, you always do. As we always do, yes. Yeah, some teams just mail it in. Others, they rise to the occasion and give us something spectacular. But you know what? More teams should be mailing it in. Mm, you know, I mean, like... you, you mean like airing out a couple of players that haven't played all season, give some youngsters a dip in the water. Yeah. Like, uh, like the Sissokos of the world. Mm. Or the Josh, uh, yeah. Josh. Now, no, I wouldn't go full like PR, like the full PR thing that, that Manchester United did where they're, they just, they staged a 90 minute PR stunt. Um, but you know, let some kids play. Mm. Uh, Champions, Chelsea, they took a 5-1 win over Sunderland. Bottom of the table, Sunderland. William, Azard, Pedro, and Batshuayi got the goals in that one. Batshuayi got two goals. One in the 90th minute and one in the 92nd minute. So, good on him. Sort of, uh, you know, it looks a little bit I better. Also wouldn't, I also wouldn't do the PR stunt that Chelsea did. Yeah, let's talk about that one. So, in the 26th minute, John Terry... Subs himself off, basically. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this was super planned and staged. And He had to go to the manager to, like, beg him to let him play for 26 minutes. Yeah. So, John Terry in his final game ever, maybe, who knows, but definitely his final game as a Chelsea player. Subbed off in the 26th minute. That's the jersey he wears, so that's why. Uh, on came Gary Cahill, who would normally start this game. So, uh, what did you make of this? It's sort of weird, isn't it? It was weird. It was weird that, uh, like, Sunderland were like, yeah, we'll kick the ball out of play for you to ensure that, that, um, to ensure that he gets to go off in the 26th minute. It was weird that bookies were taking action on when he would get subbed off. And that that was like an actual bet that you could make that he would play 26 minutes. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was just weird. Like, no, like it. It's just some people like get too controlling. Like, uh, if you remember when when Peyton Manning like threw the touchdown pass that like gave him the record for all time amount of touchdown passes, and the Broncos were playing keep away with the with the ball from him, 
And then the next day it comes out that they were like, oh, Peyton, like, planned that celebration. And it was like, okay, that's weird. Like, you don't get to plan your own things. If the Chelsea players organically would have said, like, we're subbing Terry off, or, you know, if Conte would have said, I'm going to let – I'm going to let John Terry start the game and we're going to take him off 26 minutes in. That would have been cool. Or, and if the, if the players would have organically said, look, he's, you know, been our captain for God only knows how long he's he's served the club for 20 years. We're going to give him a guard of honor on on his way off the field. That would have also been cool. But the fact that John Terry planned the whole thing, that's like, how narcissistic is that? Yeah, that's weird. And I mean, it's not like he couldn't have played more than 26 minutes. I mean, they're playing Sunderland. Yeah, but they're, they're, I mean, they're tuning themselves up for the FA Cup, and he's not going to sniff the field in that game. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just weird. And him planning this whole thing, too, is, makes it even stranger. Got a lot of heat for this, uh, f- as he should, really. It's, uh, like you said, it's very narcissistic, and uh, I don't like it. That's that's all I got to say about this. But I did read a tweet that said that after the players did that, they also agreed to leave their wives unattended for 26 minutes each at the after party in honor of Terry. <laughs> yeah, so 5-1 win there for Chelsea. They finish the season with 93 points, seven ahead of Tottenham. Spurs took a 7-1 win away to Hull. Harry Kane got a hat-trick. Deli Ali scored. Vanyama scored. Ben Davies scored. Alderweireld scored. Harry Kane finishing the season with 29 goals after a late flurry of goals here in the final two games. Talk about padding your stats. Man. So that's two golden boots in a row here for him. I wonder if there's a bonus in him for that. Uh, Probably not because he doesn't get paid a lot. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, that he needs to – to get those bonuses in order to make some money. Oh, probably not. Yeah, no, I mean, he'll make his money from Nike. You know what's impressive? <laughs> like, obviously, he'll make his money from Nike and stuff, but uh, with with the, the public relations stunt that Manchester United pulled this week and playing all those academy players on mm. the field, and, like, they, they tag them in their tweets and stuff, and, like, you click on their Twitters, and they're all, like, they're all, like, professional footballer for Manchester United, Nike athlete. And I was like, how are these guys all signed by Nike already? Yeah. Like, yeah. most of them aren't going to be good. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, if you get them young, too, you don't have to pay them as much. That's true. And yet, somehow, somehow they didn't get Rashford until after he became big last year. Yeah. I have to pay him some more, that's for sure. So, yeah, we ended up with five players scoring 20 or more goals this season. Um, splitting fourth place was Sergio Aguero and Diego Costa. They got 20 goals each. Then in third, we have Alexis Sanchez, 24 goals. Second, Romelu Lukaku. You know, for a long time, it looked like Lukaku was going to win this. He ended up with 25 goals, and then Harry Kane at the top, 29 goals. Lukaku just seems to disappear what? for large stretches. And... And uh, over the weekend, Seb sent Elliot and I a, st- a, t- a tweet with a stat that is just mind-blowing. Um, if you if you took away all 25 of Lukaku's goals, Everton would still be seventh in the table. Mm-hmm. That is mind-blowing. That I mean, I'm sure he had some winners 
in within those twenty five goals, but that just that like kind of just screams a rod. I mean, of course he he had winners, but the the thing was that Everton had such a comfortable spot where they were at in the table. You know, they they finished in seventh. They were eight points ahead. No, sorry, they were fifteen points ahead of Southampton in eighth. Yeah, it's it's absurd. So. Um, yeah, it was, um, it's a weird stat, though. You don't, you, I, I don't think we see that too often. Over on the assist side of things, we got Kevin De Bruyne in the top with 18, Christian Eriksen second with 15, and then Gilfie Sigurdsson in third with 13. Um, and like Tottenham are being linked to Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yes, yeah, we spoke. Me and Elliot spoke a little bit about that, and I, I sort of felt like because the rumored price point was twenty five million pounds, and I feel like that's not enough for Swansea to sell their by far best player. How much did they buy him from Tottenham for? Don't know. Let's do a quick little googly goog. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Uh, return to Swansea. Uh, it doesn't say. It was money and Ben Davis. That's actually not a bad deal for Tottenham. No. So, yeah. I mean, there's probably some way we can find it, but it does not show um, on the Wikipedia. But 25 million pounds, that's not enough. It's just not enough. He is the... Do you think he would get a 100 million pound contract from 100,000 pounds a week? I mean, he, sh- he should, <laughs> but he probably wouldn't, right? Right, yeah. You're signing on the title. Oh, you'll get 45. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But I, if they sell him, they might as well just start planning for the championship. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's the way these bottom. That's the thing. See, like that was the thing about the bottom of the table this year, and I think it got juxtaposed really well, considering that Germany had their final day of the season on Saturday, and there were games all over the place. The Premier League, like, they have, you know, you get the relegation six-pointers, you get really excited for it, and then you realize, like, oh, I'm just watching really bad teams. It's like when you watch the playoffs, uh, the championship playoffs, and you're you're watching, like, Huddersfield Town and Sheffield Wednesday, and you're, like, all excited, like, oh, these two really good championship teams are going at each other, and then you realize, like, next year I'm going to watch one of these two teams playing, like, in a late-season relegation match, and I'm going to be like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Then you go to, like, Germany on Saturday where – Wolfsburg and Hamburg were literally playing in a playoff game to avoid the relegation playoffs. Wolfsburg was one point above Hamburg in the in the table, and if Hamburg won, Wolfsburg would be dropped into the relegation playoff spot again. And or no, again, sorry, Hamburg, Hamburg, again. yeah, Hamburg. If Hamburg they didn't would, win. would would win. Yeah, they'd win. They'd, they'd win safety. And you're and if Wolfsburg sounds like a familiar team name to you, it's because they are. They finished. They finished eighth last year, but they made it to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And this year they were fighting for they were fighting to stay alive, and they now have to go to the relegation playoff. Like that was how good the game was. Like 
these these two games in Germany were quality sides that were battling that. I mean, that's Germany is uh, nobody is at the level of Bayern Munich and you know Dortmund on their on their day are a fantastic team, but they're they're wildly inconsistent. And RB Leipzig were great this year, but everybody else is like is is like the Premier League. It's anybody could beat anybody, but it's not like wow, these teams look futile. No, but there's a different style of play in Germany that is more appeasing to the eyes, I would say. Yeah, they score goals. Yes. That's the whole thing. So so Fox Sports 2 is doing their multi-match 90 thing, which was, uh, which is essentially the, the NFL red zone for soccer. And from like the 65th minute on, it was, you know, in the first half, it was like, we're going to go from game to game and we're just showing you bits and pieces of games and nothing was happening. The second half on, it was, Everywhere they went, there was a goal. And because of the Philip Lom, and the craziest part was because of the Philip Lom uh, and Javi Alonso retirement ceremonies, the Bayern Munich game started a few minutes later than everybody else. So we're in injury time of most of these games. And I was like, we're in injury time. And for some reason, I still don't, I still don't feel like we've seen the last goal. And then all the games finish up and they're showing the celebrations in Hamburg and the uh, celebrations in Cologne as uh, since Cologne qualified for Europe for the first time in 20 years. And we still got two more goals after that because <laughs> Bayern Munich scored two more times. Yeah. And yeah. B- by God, do those German fans know how to have a party? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, that I, was, and, and the scenes, the scenes in Hamburg. And, and like I said, there is nothing as good as the, we were just good enough to avoid being so bad that they kicked us out of the league party. Yeah, I mean, they've had a couple of rough years. I mean, I had a blast when I went there and watched the game. It's such a – it's a great stadium, amazing fans. And, you know, if it's – like when we were there, it was winter. So you can get Glühwein in your seats. Just a guy walking around with a big Glühwein container. Like, you want some Glühwein? I don't know what that is. It's a hot mulled wine, which is very nice when it's cold outside. It's basically hot wine with some spices in it, and it makes you feel good because it's got alcohol in it. Looking at Swansea, though, they finished the season strong, four wins, one draw. On the other side of that spectra, Watford, five straight losses in their last five. Matsari is gone now. So we'll see who takes over at Watford. And then we got news today that David Moyes resigned as manager of Sunderland. Which uh, seems like a little bit of an odd thing. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I feel like when they brought him on, it was like a long-term this, long-term that. and um, but, but think about it this way. He spent the entire season sitting there saying, we don't have good enough players to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. Our team isn't good enough. And then in January, he came out and said, well, we're not going to be able to sign anybody because, you know, they won't give me the money to sign anybody that's good enough to help us stay in the Premier League. So essentially what he was doing is letting everybody know. It's not his fault. It's one, not his fault. And like two, it's like, look, I, I was, you know, I ha- I was up against it the entire way with this situation. So yeah, it's not my fault. And he's not, and now he's not going to go to the championship because you can't, there's really no 
way to know that he would have success in the championship. He's kind of flopped at his last three jobs. Yeah. That if he has any, if he wants to have any chance of getting a job, you know, anywhere, probably not a top league in 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 England, but you know, maybe a top league in in somewhere in a different country. You got to maintain that aura of like, oh, I didn't go to the championship and flop. Yeah, that's true, and I still think that he might be one of those. Like, if he doesn't get a job this summer, once we start seeing manager get fired next season, he he will be on the right. His name will be thrown out there, but you know, like it's it's kind of like you know, Ranieri is going to be on that list as well. Mm -hmm. But like Ranieri, like stumbled into like the perfect scenario last year. It was like lightning in a bottle. No one wanted Claudio Ranieri. Like there was a reason that Leicester City were able to get Claudio Ranieri. Yes, no one wanted him. Yep, that's true. But I mean, he did go down a step, though. He did manage Monaco in League uh, or League, duh, I guess League Two, um, for a bit there, and brought them back up into League One. Uh, so you just, you don't want to become Sven Jorn Eriksson. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Sven. Sven is an amazing manager, and now he's living the good life in China. He's probably England's best manager of the last twenty years, and it's like look at where he's. Look at why he got fired, and like, look at where he's gone now. Living the good life in China. So, if we take a look at the odds for who's going to become the next permanent manager of Sunderland, uh, the favorite right now is Nigel Pearson, five to two. Oh God. Uh, Kevin Phillips is on that list. Roy Keane, Aitor Karanka, Gary Monk, Claudio Ranieri, Alan Pardew. It's just it's it's, I just it, it's like what we talked about the 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 club of managers and the merry-go-round. It's like being an NFL kicker. Yep. Then we got you some... miss as many field goals as you want. You're like you miss that big field goal, you're going to get cut from your team, but someone else will come calling. Yeah, and then a little bit more higher odds. Uh, Brandon Rogers, twenty-eight to one. Uh, Roberto De Matteo, thirty-three to one. Patrick Vieira, twenty-eight to one. You know, Brendan Rodgers might not be a bad hire for them. Yeah. Roy Hodgson, 25-1. So, I mean, it's going to be a hard sell, though, taking over that team. Yeah. I, You're I taking don't... over a very, a very bad team going into a pretty good championship. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they'll they'll have trouble. I don't think they'll bounce straight back up. I really don't think so. Um, another person who's leaving Sunderland, that's Jermaine Defoe, scored 15 goals this season in the Premier League, which is very good, being in uh, such a bad team and being 34 years old. He's now been linked with Bournemouth and West Ham. Well, he's been being linked with West Ham for like a a year now, (coughs) but apparently he is in discussions with Bournemouth already. Yeah. And as you know, I'm, I'm very upset about this. I campaigned for Jermaine to come to Manchester. I think United should sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to happen. Antoine Griezmann spoke today and said the chances of, uh, I'd say six out of ten chances that he goes to Manchester United, which means he, which means he's pretty much going to sign for United if they make the Champions League. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, too, the, the, something that I did like about if we switch over to Griezmann real quick and then we'll jump back to Defoe, was that he says his future will be decided in the next two weeks. 
Yes, so it's he not, wants, yeah, he'll make it up quick. Yeah, oh, I thank God for that because I hate it when it's the, these prolonged things and then it takes, you know, you, you want to get in a player like that as soon as possible. Right, well, Mourinho is also the kind of guy that does transfers quick. Yeah, that I'm, that I'm okay with. Right. You know, there's no, yeah. Um, also, when you're spending other people's money, it's like, ah, eh, you don't have to wait for the price to come down or mm. in Fellaini's case to go up. Yep. Um, yeah, so, and again, you know, someone someone asked me last week, you know, do you, would you want Griezmann? And I said, I said, look, a player like Griezmann, I can't, it, it'd be ridiculous to say no. I don't want him because mm-hmm. he's, he's so talented. I just, I think we're better off taking that money and spending it elsewhere. I think, again, if you have Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming back for the second half of the season, you sign a guy like Jermaine Defoe so that Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial don't have to start every game. Yeah. But for the most part, you have like eventually you have to say, "Hey, we're giving these kids the reins." You know, like what if Monaco would have said this year, "We're not going to we have to get an experienced player because Mbappe is only 18." Mm-hmm. Then where where's Monaco then? You know, Yeah, but they they already had that player though in Falcao. Right, but then Mbappe became the guy. Like Yeah. But if you but so like that's the thing, like you could you could get away like it, so that's that's exactly my point is you bring in a guy like Defoe who you know when you're playing you're playing Stoke at home or uh, like you're you're traveling to West Ham you could start him in that game like or you know whoever you're playing before you play even if you're playing you know Arsenal but like you have a big you have a big Champions League match that on Wednesday like you know you can rest Rashford. Because you can rely on Defoe and Rashford can come on for the 25 to 30 minutes at the end. Mm-hmm. And Defoe is the kind of guy, he'll understand his position. He, he'll he understand, you know, I'm going to get the chance to start a group match in the Champions League or two, which I've never done before. I'm going to get the chance to, um, you know, I'll come off the bench in a few more. He'll understand his role. Injuries may may get, give him a bigger role. But for the most part, it's it's you know a one year, it'll be like a one year commitment, and then you know when, you know in the second half of the year it'll be a bit more difficult because Zlatan will be back. But at the same time, you have so many more games that Mourinho loves to complain about, and and then in a year you can go to Bournemouth or West Ham mm. if you still want to keep playing. But this way. For United, it makes sense for United. It makes sense for Defoe for all those reasons. His chance to play in the Champions League, he'd make a lot of money. Uh, he'd still get a chance to play. You know, maybe not as much as he would if he was going to to Bournemouth or West Ham. But for personal reasons, to cap off your career, it makes sense. It makes sense for United because it doesn't block Martial and Rashford. Hmm. And eventually, you know, Martial will be 21 and Rashford will be 20, and you'll say, okay, you guys are the guys now because you are. Really good. Everybody believes Rashford's going to be a star. Yeah. To sign Griezmann blocks that completely. Now it's like, well, now you either have to go to a two-striker system, which let's let's be frank here, you should be doing, but it's Jose Mourinho, so you won't. Or you have to play Rashford and Martial wide, which Martial's more of a winger than Rashford, but he's still better when he's played centrally, and Rashford is so much better when he plays centrally. Yes. That I totally agree with you on. So uh, yeah, it would be a good get for Bournemouth, but like you said, it would like, be it would be a nice. And we've seen that before with Manchester United too, though. You brought up Luis Saha when we spoken earlier, 
And they had that with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who was the perfect bench player. They had Henrik, right. Henrik Larsson, who had a very successful that, loan that spell. That loan spell for, yeah, yeah when, when, they, when Saha was inevitably hurt mm-hmm. and they just didn't have any, any, they needed a third striker. And and, and Larsson came in and scored, a, I want to say, a bunch of three really crucial goals for the team, but but he he only scored three goals. It yeah. seemed like more, yes. but... Yeah, and he had a couple of nice, really important assists, and he just played really well, basically. Yeah, I mean, played they wanted really, to keep really him. Well. They wanted to keep him the rest of the season, and they couldn't. No, he made a commitment to Helsingborg, unfortunately, and he held that up. And now, I mean, afterwards, he said that that was his biggest regret of his career, was not staying with Manchester United. So, there we have it. I uh, think he got a medal, though. I think they petitioned and got him a Premier League medal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Bournemouth, they finished in ninth, so great on them. Really strong finish to, to the mid table club, dude. Yeah. There were what was it six points that d- between eighth place and 17th place? Uh, yes, yeah, eighth place team Southampton finished with 46 points this year. That's six more than the 40 point safety benchmark. Yep, yeah. Watford finished just above the drop 40 points because this was a points. discussion. This was a discussion between me and my friend today because I, you know, we were. We got into the Arsenal Wenger in, Wenger out thing, and apparently we got Wenger in. That is the reports, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Or the reports are there's a contract on the table, and it's up to him, and the feeling is if he wins the FA Cup, uh, he'll walk away, which sucks. Uh, so we need Chelsea to win the FA Cup, which also sucks. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, what is worse? Yeah. Chelsea winning the double or Arsenal? No, or Arsenal. Well, not Arsenal winning the FA Cup, but just Wenger leaving. We want yeah. Wenger to stay. We, but then I put it into context and I said, well, all these Arsenal fans are ready to run this guy out of town. He had he finished with more points this year than he did last year. He had the most points that he's had in, in, since 2014. And these guys want to run him out of town because he's done. And yeah, he dropped to fifth place, but you know that's that's a testament to to the rest of what the league did so i mean if you if you think about it he beat chelsea this year you know at least, even if you just beat chelsea once even if you lose the other game that's still an impressive task he mm-hmm. beat chelsea he didn't lose to manchester united for the first time in forever and a half um yeah he lost to tottenham but he I think he drew against them, but you know, already right there, you're you're picking up points in games that you should pick up that are are the difficult ones. You know, are you really to blame for the fact that just Chelsea just didn't lose to anybody else, or Tottenham didn't lose to anyone else? Mm. But it's and my my friend argued that you know points are a funny thing and they're subjective. They they really they show you how the league did as a whole, but they don't, you know. It's. Uh, it, it, he said overall, it just looked like that the the rest of the league had a very down year, and I, I think that's true. The rest yeah. of the league was bad, mm-hmm. and I thought the interesting thing about that was is you finally it, it looks like you finally got to the top. We like returned to the top heavy league that we had ten years ago when England dominated the Champions League, but none of our teams dominated in Europe. And it's almost something should should be said that two out of the top four teams didn't even play in Europe. So it's it's very hard to... And one, we did get a team to a European final, 
but they finished sixth. And some would argue that they finished sixth possibly because of their commitments to Europe. I would not argue that, but I could see the argument. Mm -hmm. And it's a very interesting way of looking at the table and trying to figure out what happened this year. Yeah, so we spoke also in the previous episode about uh, Uzmanov trying to uh, get the majority of the shares in Arsenal made a one billion pound bid, but Stan Kroenke said nope. Uh, he says his uh, shares in the club are not and never have been for sale. So he's going to keep his shares. He's going to be be the majority shareholder, and he's going to keep raking in his part of the profits. Yeah, well, they don't have Champions League profits, so nope. And this right. is where this is where it gets dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I saw, my... I saw they were lowering the ticket prices too, though, for the European right, well, games. Yeah, well, as my like, I think part of where our discussion went from there is is his belief that you know this is going to become dangerous because you have you have six teams now who it's like catastrophic if they don't make the Champions League. Yeah. Which is going to cause managers to get fired and and players to leave and it could be it could be dangerous. I don't think it's as drastic. I think it'll I think it'll expose people. It'll be, you know, teams will they won't be able to cover up their mistakes. You you'll have to look past like well, you you went to Real Madrid and you had success there, so therefore you could walk into England and have success or you had success at Bayern Munich. So you could walk into England and have success. That's not going to be the case. But so, you know, you, you have to actually be diligent in who you hire and maybe not just go for the biggest name possible. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at it right now and it's looking like whoever finished fifth and sixth, uh, you know, finishing out of the Champions League is a big deal. Their managers aren't going anywhere. So for at least a year, we have that. Yeah. And he does feel he does feel that the teams that are most worried about if they miss the Champions League for two years or a year, that it could turn into a long, a long time, and he feels that Arsenal and Spurs have the most to worry about. Um, which, yeah, I think Arsenal do have a lot to worry about because they they have to strengthen their team. And they haven't done that. Spurs too, and also Liverpool because we saw Liverpool did it, you know, eight years ago, and it took them so long to get back to the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's going to force. It's going to force the issue of as far as spending goes, the teams that finish fifth and sixth. I think we're going to start seeing those teams, you know, over the next couple of seasons, be the big spenders. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Unless it's Arsenal, because um, they don't like spending money on players. Yeah, but also, I mean, you have to remember, um, I mean, if Jose Mourinho is at Manchester United for more than for more than uh, however long, you know, for more than another two years, which would be uncharacteristic of him. He's the kind of guy that always needs to spend, especially since his team is so goddamn old. And City, their owners, no matter what, you know, if you have a good season, if you're the shiny toy, if you're the new shiny toy on the shelf, they need to have you. Yeah, they're sort of like Real Madrid in that sense. And Chelsea, uh, if they don't win the title... Then they need to. Then they're going to spend like crazy. So yep. I don't. Yeah, I, I see how fourth and how fifth and sixth will spend, but you know Chelsea and, and City are going to spend no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting going into the summer here and all the transfer talk. 
Um, let's move over though to the Europa League final on Wednesday at Friends Arena in Stockholm, Sweden. We got Ajax taking on Manchester United. Paulie, what are your, what's your gut feeling going into this one? I don't think we win. Ooh. Is the gut feeling okay? What? Uh, why? What's raising the red flags for you? I don't think we've been playing well recently. Um, I think the reason, you know, as as we just discussed, people would say that because United went to the Europa League final, the the European commitments, the Thursday Sunday. That's helped them. That's hindered them, and that's why they're they're in sixth place. I think we're in sixth place just because we've we've been a team that hasn't been able to capitalize on our champion on our chances. You know, we've dominated games um, that we haven't been able to score. We're still struggling to score, and we, you know, obviously this game means a lot to Jose Mourinho, and that means you're going to get Jose Mourinho managing the game, and. I just I don't I think that constricts the team a bit, and I think all you have to do is look at Sunday, and look at the PR move that this that this team made. Which, by the way, and I, and most of the reason I think we were bad is because we had players that didn't fit the team at all playing a lot, like Rooney and most of all Fellaini. Mm-hmm. Whenever Fellaini was in there, everybody around him was worse. Yes. And didn't allow people to play at their best. I think Fellaini is going to play on Thursday or on Wednesday. And that's a problem. Now, if you remember, I think it was last week. It, I think it was last week that uh, um, I said something that I had read something that maybe maybe Mourinho, it wasn't Mourinho's call to not play Schweinsteiger, that there might have been somebody else mm-hmm. higher up that was saying, don't play Schweinsteiger, maybe play other people. And you, you were saying, do you think that Mourinho, like, would ever dare to, you know, that Mourinho would be listening to somebody else? And I think Sunday proved that. Because on Sunday, Mourinho literally threw out a bunch of people, a bunch of kids that he would never really let them play. And you could, he didn't even manage the game. Oh, he, he just sat just, there. He sat there and he just told these kids, go out there and play. And it was fun to watch. It was, hey, we're we're running up and down the field. We're we're making runs in. Pog was playing a ridiculous ball off the outside of his foot to to a striker to, to run onto for a for a fantastic goal. But you could tell it was like, all right, I'll play some of these guys, but I don't want to play them. And that's somehow Jesse Lingard ends up in the team. Could Jesse Lingard had to look around and be like, well, wait a minute, Martial's on the bench. Juan Mata's not in the team. Henrik Mkhitaryan's not in the team. Rashford's not in the team. Oh, crap. I'm not playing on Wednesday. Hmm. Like, that's what Jesse... You know, Ander Herrera's not here. Aaron Fellaini can't play. Yeah. He had to look around and be like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll be on the bench on Wednesday. He'll be yeah. on the bench. I yeah. don't think he's going to start. No. Um... Yeah, I, so, mean, I mean, let's just do this real quick. They had Joel Pereira in goal. Then Timothy Fosumenza, Eric Bailly, who's suspended for the Europa League final. Phil oh, Jones. Oh, my God. Fosumenza, before the game, Mourinho was like, oh, Fosumenza's back and he'll be able to play. And if he gets through 90 minutes, that gives us another option for, for Wednesday. And I was like, you get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. That Tim, don't even pretend Timothy Fosumenza's going to play it a second in this Europa League final. Hey, you know, we can always dream, right? Because that's, that's a good player. 
Phil Jones, Dimitri Mitchell. It's a Mitchell. good player, but he's he's a good player, but he's still the erratic, like you know, oh, yeah. wording. All of a sudden, like you know, you're, he comes way too far up the field, and you're like, wait, where where the hell's our defense? Yeah, no, he's still he's still a pup, but a promising pup. Uh, he can be he can become one of those show dogs. Uh, Scott McTominay, Alex Twanzebe, Paul Pogba, and that was the midfield, and then Lingard, Rooney, and Josh Harrop up front. And, and Harrop Harrop got a good goal. Had a great goal, and dude, this kid's like the real deal. He already broke Rashford's like academy record. Mm, that's promising. So, I mean, this is a kid he can he can score, and he just you know all United players do. They all score on their debuts. The only striker that didn't score on their debut in like recent memory is was Will Keane. Mm. Yep. Um, and then on the bench we had Kieran O'Hara backing up uh, Pereira, uh, Daily Blint, Angel Gomez. Who saw the field in the 80th minute? Michael Carrick, the 16-year-old. Yeah, Michael Carrick came in at halftime for Pogba. Matthew Willock stayed on the bench the whole game, and then Martial came on for um, that was for Lingard um, right at the death of the first half, and then Zachary Dernley. And Matty Willock was gonna come. I mean, Eric Bailly died twice in this game. Yes, and. He died twice, and then Matty Wilk was going to come on, and then Mourinho was like, no, you're not coming on. And the reason he did that is because, again, this was a PR campaign. Uh, they needed to get the 16-year-old on. You know, the 16-year-old, he was the youth player of the year. He's the youngest player to ever win that mm-hmm. award for United. And it was always in the plan that he was going to come on for Wayne Rooney, and it was going to be a symbolic moment of, you know, the – long-standing guy coming on for the next guy. I'm like, yeah, if you saw it, pictures emerged earlier in the day when, like, when, when Gomez was, like, eight years old and he's, you know, on the training ground with Nani and Ronaldo, and now he's, you know, he's, he's in the team. So that was always going to happen, which, and I guess I, I missed when Martial came on, so now that you tell me it was halftime, now it makes sense why he was such a dick to Matty Willock and wouldn't let him come on because mm-hmm. uh, he would have been out of subs. It was always planned, and he gave Rooney as much time as he possibly could to score a goal. That was really the only thing that could have been better is he wanted Rooney to score. If Rooney scores in the first half, like, he probably comes off after an hour. Yeah. And they let Gomez actually, like, play. They gave him as much time as they could, and then with three minutes to go, it's, you know, they, they bring him on. Yeah. And then, and, and just because this PR campaign, you know, to make it, to make it even better, like, they have – the, the United players do their lap of honor around the field uh, at the end of the game. And all of a sudden, you break off and you take a look and, and all the academy players are taking a picture. And it's not just the academy players. It's everybody that came from the academy. So Rashford's there. Lingard's there. And it's the funniest picture I've ever seen because all these academy players that just played these games, they have like these glowing smiles on their face. And it just looks like one of their moms was there and was like, oh, boys, get together, get together. I got to mm-hmm. take a picture of this. Your first game at Old Trafford. Meanwhile, like, Rashford's sitting there in a tracksuit, like, with no look on his face. Like, he's like, yo, this is just my job now. Like, this is where I work. And I stopped hanging out with you guys, like, three years ago. Why, why am I in this picture? And then hiding in the back is Paul Pogba, as if Manchester United is trying to pretend that he's an academy graduate and not someone that they just dropped 90 million pounds on yeah <laughs> yep if and, we, then, and, and that's yeah. the thing and then they can tweet it out and they say like the future is red and it's like bro like 
none of these guys are in Jose Mourinho's plans. He'll brag about it. He'll say, he'll go to his press conference and say, you guys didn't think I'd give youth a chance. Well, I gave seven players their debut this year. And it's like, dude, like <laughs> Josh Heron's not in your plans for next year. Like, you know, like you're like, if, if, uh, if Michael Carrick left, which apparently he's not, you're not going to sit there and be like, well, we have Axel Twanzabi to mm. play holding midfield. Like, you know, he's just going to sign a bunch of guys to replace all these guys. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. It was just a straight PR campaign. And now you, now you go, so you, all those good feelings that you had in this game were played by the academy. It was really good that our academy could beat Crystal Palace. That was nice. But now you go face an Ajax team that scores a lot of goals and we don't. Mm. And we have a lot of questions on defense. Yes. Biggest threat for or from the Ajax, that's Kasper Dolberg, 19-year-old Dane. Uh, 22 goals and 47 appearances in all competitions. He grabbed 16 league goals as Ajax finished second in the Eredivisie, and then he's had six goals in the Europa League this season. Then they also got Amis Younes, who's a very promising um, German player. Bertrand Traore, who's on loan from Chelsea, has been playing well. And then, you know, you add in a couple of veteran players like Davy Klaasen and Heiko Westermann. This is a not a gimme by any stretch of the No, it's not. And I, you know, I, I, I obviously, I, I obviously, there's no, there's no part of me, not even a, a hair of me, rooting for us to not win this this competition. I, I said it right from the beginning of the season. I don't, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't win this this. Uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't win the Europa League in addition to competing in the Premier League. And then when we hit that funk in like September and October and I just said, all right, like, fine. Like, just take, do the league, like, whatever the league is. You know, the league is what it is. But you you better be focusing your butt on the Europa League. You better be taking that seriously and you better be going as far as you can and winning that competition. Having said that, if they don't win, I, I really want to see how Mourinho is going to squirm and, and spin it and anything. You know what makes me no, feel we really still had, We still had a successful season. Uh, we finished with more points than last year. We, uh, we won trophy. We made final. Mm-hmm. We yeah. just we had to play so many games. We had to play so many games. And guess what? If you win the Europa League, you have an extra game next year when you play in the Super Cup. That is true. That is very, very true. One thing that made me feel really old this season was seeing Justin Kluivert getting his uh, debut for Ajax. He's the son of Patrick Kluivert. Uh, former Barcelona and Ajax star. Um, although he did have him fairly young. Patrick Klevet, he turns 41 this. So he was, what, 22 when he had the kid? Still, makes me feel old. Yeah. Patrick Klevet was such a good player when he was, oh my god, yeah. He was so good there for Barcelona for a long, long time. But now his son, Justin, plays for Ajax. We'll see if he... I mean, I I, don't, I doubt he would... Maybe he'll come in off the bench on this one, but uh, I don't know. One player, though, that is really interesting for Ajax you know, on defense, that's Matthias Delict. He's 17 years old, central defender. Been playing really, really well. He made his uh, debut for the Dutch national team... Uh, in uh, March 
when he played in the World Cup qualifying match against Bulgaria. That is a player that United might want to sign. Hmm? They want to sign any. I mean, uh, here's the thing: like we used to like get linked with young players, and now when we do. I'm like, yeah, it'd be great to have him. He'll never see the field unless we get rid of our manager. True. True, true, true. Yeah. Hi, it's okay. So give me a scoring prediction on this one then before we sign off. 1-1 one, one and we lose on penalties. Ooh, okay. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. I'm going to say we win 2-1. to one. I, I want to say that, like, but... You look around the team right now, and I, look, nobody is a bigger Marcus Rashford fan than me. You know, like, yes, Marcus Rashford 100% can be a match winner. You look around the team and you say, like, I, I just wish, I wish we had Zlatan in this game. Yes. Like, oh, you, yeah. you know, like, if it's if it's 1-1 with 20 minutes to go, you're like, he, he'll come up with, with that. You, get, you give him that one opportunity, he's not going to flub it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mkhitaryan you know, has played well, though, in the Europa League. Mkhitaryan's played fantastic. Rashford's played fantastic. Juan Mana seems to step up in, in big games. Jesse Lingard scores whenever he plays in a final. I mean, we you have the match winners on the field, but you also have this team that's flubbed chance after chance after chance this year, Zlatan included. However, if, if you're 1-1 with 15 minutes to go, you know, that's the player that you look at and you say... You just need to, like, you know, you might say, like, oh, Rashford's got to bury one of these chances eventually, but we may need to create five or six chances. Mm-hmm. With Zlatan, it would have been, you just need to give him one chance. All we need to do is create one chance, and he'll bury it. Now, maybe it's maybe it's give Rooney a header in the box, and he'll finish it. Or, you know, something where Rooney could just finish something in the box. He would, I don't think Rooney would create, like, his goal. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll create something for someone else, but... I'm just I'm afraid because you know out like it it just seems like it seems like Fellaini's going to end up on the field, which slows us down significantly. Yeah. Uh, Pogba's going to Herrera will be will be out there, which means Pogba will get some free reign, but Pogba kind of plays slow when he's on the ball, and it it seems like you're probably going to get we'll probably start up front with Rashford, Mkhitaryan, and Mata. That's not a fast. Team, so this is the team that you know, Mkhitaryan and Mata like to have the ball at their feet, and they like to play with them and, and make passes and stuff. Who's making the run? So Rash- it, I mean, Rashford's going to have to run for all three of them. Right, Rashford makes a lot of runs, but the rest of the team just seems to slow down. And I'm afraid of of Ajax hitting hitting us with their speed and us not being able to keep pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how you know, it shakes out. Your trickery with your feet. Can only it, it works, but it can only work so well when they have so many guys back because they're not worried about you breaking with pace. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how it checks out. It, it will be it will be interesting. I will be glued in front of my TV for that one. That's for sure. I will be I will be at the bar. Yeah. Okay. With that, we'll sign off. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Paulie's P Quistel WFAN. Give Founder Sports a follow as well, and then we'll talk to you. Later in the week, after we'll discuss the Europa League final, then we'll take a look ahead at the FA Cup final that's coming up this weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.
to wonder how on earth did that happen?